Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today, we're going to get a bit scandalous. We're talking about money and divorce. So I've got no idea where this is going to go because I'm not qualified in one of these areas. Let's have a chat. John? Glenn, you? I didn't ask you how you were, I just said John. <laughs> I'm asking you. You just said Glenn, you? Yeah. Yeah. How are you? I'm very well. Excellent. Um, we've got Scott McMonigle here. How are you, Scott? Good, thank you, Glenn. Good um, Welcome, Scott. Thank you. Scott is a property valuer and... We just, love valuers, by we, the way. We love valuers. Yes. Um, Not many people do, but anyway. <laughs> While you're in the room, we love you. <laughs> yeah, right. That's yeah. good. Scott's not only a property valuer, he has an expertise in the area of life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Glenn. Yes. And, uh, you know, if there's one thing he's not short of, and that's an opinion. Yes. And um, I, I don't know, I call Scott maybe the local wildlife around here. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we, uh, I think we met having breakfast at the same cafe for many years. So um, he's a good guy and um, he's got... A few things to say, and you actually wrote a bit of a book on this topic, didn't you? Yeah, it's called, uh, I haven't finished it, it's yeah. another one of my projects I haven't finished, but it's called Up Yours, How to Save Money Through Separation and right. Divorce. Um, yeah, and it's just like everybody's upset by the situation, yeah. but you've got to get through it and you've got to move forward and yeah. you've got to be positive in your approach to it, I think. Yeah, so we're going to dig into that stuff, but before we do, a couple of weeks ago on the Facebook group, I asked, I said, welcome to the new members, and I asked a very important question. And I'm going to ask you, gents, right now. Yep. Scott, red or green frogs? Oh, red. I didn't think there was a discussion about that. <laughs> anyway, you know what I think about frogs, John? Uh, give, me, give me the sugar fix, both of them. Oh, Ooh. greedy. Yeah. Jeez. I'm a big fan of green frogs. Right. Oh. And they're not easy to get anymore. There's more reds than green out <laughs> For there. For a good reason, I think. Oh, um, <laughs> You're a guest here, Tuen, Scott. Toowoomba Bay Service Centre, where I get my petrol, um, oh. has them over the counter. Oh. Do you get your petrol there? Occasionally. It's I'm... like the only service station left on the planet. They'll come out and fill it up for you. How good is it? You're I feel lazy. like I'm in America. Lazy. <laughs> I can't get my fuel there, John. I, I try to fill it up myself. Yeah. They won't let me. Yeah. I went to get my fuel there once. They don't have premium. You've got to put premium in your, that beast of yours. You know it. You know it. Uh couple of shout-outs uh, from the Facebook group. Jessica Hodgson, she moved to Canberra seven months ago from a coastal Victorian town. Oh, oh, no. For her first real job after finishing her PhD. She's a scientist in ecology. So, what up, Jessica? Lachlan Diprose, I don't know how to pronounce that. He's a student paramedic from Melbourne. Um, he said he likes red frogs. So, on your Good Lachlan. I'm disappointed, but whatever. Uh, Claudia Olivia. Hey, all. I'm from Perth. She started her first job in November 2018 and moved in with her partner in January of this year. She started to look for an easy way for both of them to manage their finances, and then they stumbled across the podcast and spending plan. 
that wasn't a plug, but hey, <laughs> well, <we're there. laughs> buy my spending plan, whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, they set it up this week and both already feel so at ease. Thanks so much, Glenn. And she likes red frogs. Well done. Um, don't do my spending plan if you like red frogs. It's for green frog people. Joking. Um, and Christina, Denise. Hey, everyone. She's living in Brisbane. She moved there almost 12 months ago from Tassie. She's a dentist and she has two practices. One established in Tassie that she visits monthly and a startup practice in... Somewhere. Brisbane. Right. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. She's an entrepreneur, you would say. Oh, shivers. I've got to go to the dentist this afternoon in an hour and a half. I forgot about that. Not 2.30? Are you, okay. Uh, sorry. No, no. I always book my appointments at 2.30. Yes. Always. Mm. And um, Hopefully they're not. No. I've got good teeth. Have you? Yep. Very good. Still got a baby tooth, but anyway, enough about oh. that. They, oh, well, yeah. they said there's no point taking it out because there's nothing under it. You're listening to My Millennial Money. Here at the podcast, we believe the correct answers to the questions... How, who, and where are cash me outside? We, well, I don't know anything about divorce. John, I believe, is a one-trick pony. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, I don't know anything about it. (laughs) Uh, So, I guess what I wanted to get you in... Uh, to facilitate a discussion. I'm certainly not an expert in this area, but I want to have a chat. I want to get informed. We occasionally get the question from either spouse's side of the um, marriage or partnership about uh, uncoupling and essentially divorcing. So you've said you've kind of put together a book that it isn't polished yet. Um, I guess I want to know... Firstly, if someone listening is in a relationship, it's a long-term committed relationship, they start to feel that something's not right, this might not end well. Yes. Now, I, in my experience, just in chatting with people, I know a lot of people, and again, you will speak to this, when the divorce actually manifests or the discussion is actually had one partner has already checked out 12 months ago anyway. Um, So they're physically still in the relationship, but not mentally. So I guess uh, what's the first step if someone's listening and they feel that this is not heading in the right direction and might not be salvageable? Yeah, sure. I think um, looking at it that way, I I think, you know, you don't want to be negative in a relationship in this is life experience. But if you do feel something like that, I think it's not a bad business practice in a, in a personal basis to have a, an inventory of, of your properties. Like, and you can disguise it if you want, but it's a good practice to have anyway. Everybody should have it. Every time you buy anything of, of substance, yeah. uh, you can do it like an insurance list. Yeah. So just say you're unfortunate enough to get broken into, yeah. you can produce this list and still say, here's, here's the chair, here's the lounge, fire broke out, flood. Yeah. So you can have a full list of everything you own yeah. and you might just put an extra column in on actually who contributed the most money to it or who actually bought it if you're feeling that way. But as long as you've got a list there... Um, and this is what you know. I, I sort of promote with people. It's not that hard. Excel. I love Excel. Yeah. Uh, program. It's very basic. Just put down all the stuff, and then you can just tick off hers, mine, his, hers. You know, and away you go. From yeah. That. I guess even before that, I think maybe it might be best practice for anybody just to have an Excel spreadsheet with all your stuff. Mm. So yeah, if you do get broken into, if the house does burn down. Um, 
you know, you've got a record of assets totally. and things. A divorce, I think, ends up just being a business transaction. But I guess on the soft side of the relationship side, like, and you were divorced, you said, in 2010. Uh, yes. Um, so, so I think there's a distinction, separation and divorce too. I yeah. Think, so I think divorce is such a big word. Yeah. Um, and separation is the common thing sort of thing. You know, it's more a separating of, of your your views of each other. Sure. And so where divorce is pretty clinical and legal. And final, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. and I think most people, a lot of, a lot of people aren't married these days and a lot of yeah. people are separated yeah. de facto. So, so for a millennial, it's a breakup, is it? Or a se- <laughs> or uh, well, is it a breakup, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, I don't know. But a divorce is such a hard word. And it's, and it's funny in the industry, like in the property part of it, and we do five or six valuations a week of property, um, the word divorce is not really used. It's a really sort of harsh word. Right. Uh, where everybody goes, I'm separated. I'm going through separation, which is quite strange. Didn't Chris Martin, Gwyneth Paltrow say it was a conscious uncoupling? <laughs> yes, I think they did. It's like taking off the trailer from the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. consciously. Yeah, yeah. So, so okay, so just on that, your divorce, um, and I did, probably should have asked you this before we started recording. And don't, you don't have to go into <laughs> much details, but tell us all. Oh, thanks. Um, like in the first stage, like a separation doesn't always need to lead to divorce, number one. Correct. It could lead to some counselling, some relationship what help or whatever. Totally. Uh, because realistically, every client that I've sat down with, and probably John's the same and you would see it as well, mm. people that have had one or two divorces, it's like dropping a freaking nuclear bomb on your finances. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it's a very last case if the relationship is not salvageable. Yes. And especially if there's kids involved. Yeah. Because your borrowing power just goes through the floor. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's so difficult. And it's such a shame. Yeah. You know, I think in, in that regard. Yeah. And I suppose emotionally, like I've got a friend going through it at the moment. Right. Emotionally, very big difference from being the person initiating the breakup to the one receiving the breakup news. Yes. Um, so either way, you've got to be prepared uh, as it comes because it's very rare that you will hear a couple separating that yeah. was on uh we both agreed mutual. it was mutual yeah like, but yeah. is it ever no <laughs> well i always found whoever says that first is the one that got ditched. dumped yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's oh, it's right. a mutual thing oh you got dumped yeah. Yeah. Oh, i didn't want to say it so. yeah <laughs> right. yeah um but it's funny like i i think i would be weird if i was in a long-term relationship or a marriage That'd be weird in itself. Hey, hey, you're a guest here. (laughs) (laughs) All these people that you invite them on the show as guests and they just start throwing shade everywhere. Um, Bit bit rich. Yeah. (laughs) But so, for example, I would find it weird um, to actually do like the spreadsheet as we talked about and go, well, I bought the blender, you bought the beers. (laughs) So I think maybe that's a very extreme case, Mm. but at least have the list. Yeah, I think it is extreme, but it's. I think if you can hide it, well, not hide it, but just make it, it makes good business. Look, obviously, your listeners are people that are looking to advance their financial situation and are probably organised or looking for leadership in to be organised. And this is a stock standard. Like, any time I've had an insurance claim, the more information you give them, the more organised you are, mm. the better result you'll achieve. Okay, yeah. so question. That's a good point. Um, if you're in a long-term relationship and there might be kids involved yes. and you are listening, whether you're male or female or other, take this chance to say, look, I don't know where this is heading. I don't know. Use the excuse. We're doing an inventory mm. of all the crap we have yeah. just as for whatever reason. 
Yeah. And but, like when you're in a, a caring, loving relationship <laughs> and you can't see any of that on the horizon, like can that upset the apple cart? Like oh, for sure. I, I would never do that. I'd never say inventory either. At the moment, let's let's do a stock take, love, yeah. and let's yeah. just. Uh, well, that couch actually, right. I bought that thing, yeah. or did we joint? I don't buy know. It? Like, like <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm just saying it's probably best practice in any relationship to have a list of the crap that you own. But if you can walk into the relationship and start this off, and you're, you're saying a lot of your listeners are younger, yeah, absolutely. so they're walking into this for the first time or second time or something like that, where a couple of us are a little bit older. Yeah. But if you can start off this list to begin with and say, this is the way I roll, yeah. this is what I do, every time I buy something, here's my thing. Yeah. And that, that's unbelievably good practice, especially in business. Like, yeah. you know, even looking at, at your own business, yeah. and you say that dentist, that lady's got two dentists, uh, you know, she should have a full inventory list of all the things she buys into that business for tax relief. You know, the new tax yeah, yeah. laws are coming out where you can write off stuff. Yeah very quickly yeah so i think an inventory in, in a business sense is great but maybe the word inventory in a relationship as john says is probably oh. not the word yeah so well horses for courses i mean uh, the other side of it too is well the lawyers get involved and the inventory goes out the window yeah well not, not necessarily like i i've sort of I, you know i sort of educate people on a friendship basis yeah. through through a fair few divorces and stuff like that right uh, separations as well but I, I just love the excel sheet and you yeah, know yeah. It's, it's pretty easy here's yeah. hers he yeah. like the divorce whisperer that's right <laughs> that's right yeah. So it's a, it's it's a bit like that, but I, it, it comes down to and from a property sense, and we're not even there yet with the conversation. Mm. But it, it's about money's the lubricant. Money mm. is the the physical measurement of of all of this. And if you're going to go there with money, well, just make it about money, and yeah. everything's got a dollar figure to it. It's not being cruel or anything. It's not. It's and just that's being it. realistic. I think if you are separated, and you know, you know, divorce just turns everything into a clinical business transaction that's final. Yes. And I always say particularly if there's kids involved with family law, just in the experience that I've seen, because I haven't, I must be clear, I'm not an expert on this topic. I'm just facilitating a discussion and we're learning. Um, I just think there's no justice. There's just outcomes. Hmm. Um, Is that a fair comment? Look, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think each, as soon as there's kids involved... There's just outcomes. Every, every, every you know, and I say we do six of these a week, and yeah. we and I'm walking into people's homes all mm. the time, and you know the toughest bloke will be crying on your shoulder. Do half you hour feel later. the temperature of the room in different? Oh, unbelievable, you know, like yeah. you know, and you know, you walk in, and I'm not quite sure where this conversation is going to go, but oh, you walk in, and somebody there. somebody yeah. will say, oh, "I see the crack in the ceiling," and you go, "Oh, oh you want to hold on to the property?" Right. And they go, "Oh, how'd you know that?" And I go, "Well, you." putting crap on your own property not many people would do that to a valuer so but don't, don't get me wrong i don't ask that question we when we walk in we don't say a word because a lot of times it's a joint instruction for, between sure. both parties sure so you just can't afford to say anything yeah. at all because it might seem to be an advantage to yeah. who you're working for yeah. and you're working for both parties so you've mm. got to be very conscious of that fact yeah and i did try and get a female in who had gone through a divorce uh, for balance today but i couldn't get one um in 2261 you couldn't get a female <laughs> There's one out the street right now, I'm yeah. sure. They're, they're, um, every, I'll, just, I'll just pick up your phone, mate, and yeah, go through the right. phone. <laughs> that's a bit hard. But, um, I'll put my phone over there. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so if we go back to before, um, I've had experiences with clients and females, and I'll be very fair, I've only experienced females do this, mm -hmm. uh, two of them that come to mind, not males, not saying it's just my experience, mm -hmm. and i and we were talking about this, and we'll get onto it, Scott, like this day and age, what you're seeing with females as opposed to males. But mm -hmm. 
uh, one female, she had a secret bank account mm-hmm. of $10,000 just in her name, just in case he left me. That was her words. Mm-hmm. And the other one, and I think I've mentioned this on the show before, yeah. it was, um, I will say, well-known Australian um, media personality. Uh, I was doing a little bit of work for them a couple of years ago and she had a, I forget the details, but she had an account on the side, which he knew about, that there was 30 grand in there. That was Mm. just her money. She came to see me one day and said, I need to lend my son a couple of grand. You know, do I get it from super or should I pay it out? I said, oh, how much was in your account on the side again? Was it 30 grand? She goes, oh, there's actually 140 grand in there. <laughs> he just doesn't know about he it. He thinks it's 30. So, it, I think she uses the word inventory. That yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> She's pretty organized, that lady. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, there's this. Uh, and again, I've only experienced those two cases specifically mm. um, of women in a marriage or long-term relationship having their own little kitty. Hmm. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell somebody not to do that. I'd probably say, you know, take some of that money and maybe invest in relationship counselling. <laughs> I don't know. Because no, realistically, yeah. like, John, I think I don't think I've said it to you before. Like, when I get married, it's almost going to be a, every six months, we're freaking on the lounge at some counsellor's <laughs> office for maintenance because I keep things in my head. Grease and all change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just preventative. Yeah. and I've got a lot of money to protect Scott. (laughs) I think it's an imbalance of, of, um, call it power or whatever, when that's the case where you... Someone needs to have a, sh- a bank account on the side that they yeah, tell that their partner person, about. Like, that person that, shouldn't feel in that relationship yeah, that they need to do that. Absolutely. And, and that's relationships. And I think if you're, as you say, John, if you're doing that, well, the other probably person's probably doing something as well because you're not being 100% truthful. And and the problem, when you start going down the legal route of a proper divorce or a proper separation... Well, that doesn't mean anything anyway. Disclosure is everything. Yeah. And, and the, you, you see it time and time again um, is people not disclosing what their assets are. Sure. So when when and if you don't do it before the relationship, just say you've got your hundred and forty grand in the in the bank yeah. account. If you don't disclose to that person prior to the relationship, then they get ownership during the relationship yeah, because that, where did that money come from? Well, yeah. was it before? And so disclosure is everything. So and I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I operate my business out of a trust. Okay, mm-hmm. so that means Glenn James does not own his business. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a beneficiary of that business. Now, if I get sued or whatever, Glenn James doesn't own anything because I'm just a beneficiary, okay? Mm -hmm. So, for asset protection, um, trust structures, companies, that's fine. When family law comes into it, it pierces any veil. Right. So, you can't hide anything. And Mm -hmm. I've worked in the office I used to work in like many years ago. We had a client. There was a couple of million dollars involved. There was a divorce. We actually got some paperwork, which was almost like a summons from the court. Hey, you need to give us all the information you've got on Mr. and Mrs. X and Y. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can sweep um, tax records. So if you do have that 140 grand hidden in the bank, mm. if it went to divorce, unless you've taken it out and put it under your bed in yeah, cash, it comes online. That's right. And so I just think there's, if you are in that situation, and I've said this so many times with our listeners who are writing questions, it's like, you don't have a money problem, you've got a relationship problem. Yeah, totally. Mm. So, I think it's clear to say, I don't know, would you give any advice to somebody not to have a, an account on the side? Like, I'm not prepared to give any advice uh, on this topic today, <laughs> but well, I just would encourage people to yeah. focus on the relationship and the money part 
uh, be an outcome of the relationship. Mm. As in, we yeah. enjoy the money together. We do things together. Totally. And I'd, as a, as a coach, I'd want to know why they why they've got that side account because mm. that forms part of of the strategies going forward. To be honest, because if if uh, if they're wanting to go and invest in property, in, in my world and they've got something that they're hiding from their partner going forward and they're just accumulating more assets together, when the ship's already sailed, uh, you've got to pull the truck up and, and maybe... Is it a I, ship or a truck? Sorry. Sorry. Ship, <laughs> ship or truck, yeah, whatever, you, whatever you're into, water or land. Um, well, oh, sorry, I wasn't sorry, listening. He said ship's already sailed. And he said, oh, when the yeah. truck pulls up, I said, where the truck comes yeah. from? <laughs> so coming off the farm, there's, there's trucks involved okay. and then you're near the water here, so... Um, yeah, so you might have a separate issue you've got to deal with first before actually going ahead and just knocking yourself out buying a property. Yeah. So I think it is a bit of our duty to, to ask that question. Yeah, yeah. because it, it's, it's obviously an underlying fear. Yeah. And it's like, how do we remove that fear? But, but also, I think if somebody's, I call it a squirrel account. Sure. You know, and just to digress slightly, a mate yeah. of mine, a very intelligent man, yeah. uh, solicitor, um, he uh, he had a squirrel account, but it was the worst squirrel account ever. The bank offered him a ten thousand dollar overdraft, right? Wow. So each month he'd get a statement sent to his house because he put down his home address. And each month he'd have to go meet the postman there to no get the way. envelope, so his wife didn't see the <laughs> statement. And then finally, I bumped into him. He was sixty five, and he and he said, "What's up? You look distraught." And he goes, "Oh, my wife found my squirrel account." And then he told oh, me, "I said, wow. that's not a squirrel account. That's the stupidest account." Yeah. Yes. And he was paying fifteen percent interest on oh, it as my well. God. Yes, yeah, so, and that's a good case. Like it, men obviously do this as well. I've just happened to only see females mm. on two occasions. So yeah. it's uh, the common denominator is humans yes. and uh, hiding things. But yeah. also I think, as John alluded to, if you're trying to make a financial structure going forward, and you said somebody about $140,000, that's a lot of money. And that's got to be coming out each week or something like that. So what... You know, and if you know that your partner's on 80 grand, for example, and they'd never seem to have any money, you're sort of going, what do you do with your money? You know? yeah. And if they've got a squirrel account, then really, is that a relationship? And I think that's... And I think it's funny, like, in the whole money world, and like, we've had Rebecca Pritchard on the show, mm. and she just comes to mind, like, her and her husband, they have separate mm. accounts, just completely separate. And her view is, choose your own adventure, you know, that's your account, and that's mine. Me, personally... I don't think I would want that when I was married. Mm. I would want to share a joint spending account just because it's it's all ours. I don't know. It's just absolutely do what you want. Mm. But for me, my personality, I wouldn't want to hide anything because I'd feel guilty. Yeah, my, my thoughts are... In general, it's just got to be transparency at the mm. start. You've got to know what each other's thinking and what each other's wanting to do and, and all those sort of things. And and there shouldn't be a hierarchy of he controls the whole finances and she no. knows nothing about it or vice mm. versa. Like that, that just doesn't sit well. There's fundamentally something potentially that's going to go wrong down the track. Sure. And, I mean, what do they say? One in three uh, end up in divorce. Is that oh, the stats? I think it's 50-50. So, yeah. Is it 50? I well. think so, yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah. yeah, part of the reason maybe is that um, hierarchy or the lack of transparency. And mm. is it a question of, and it's so funny, it's a bloody money podcast and I'm talking about freaking relationships, but um, <laughs> is it a question about like anything in life, start well mm. if you can. Mm. So, if you are about to join your finances for the first time like we've got listeners who might be moving in together been in a long-term relationship i generally say if you haven't been 
dating for more than 18 months, just kind of maybe hold off. Mm. If you are going to move in, mm. um, it's all or nothing. It's like, if you're going <laughs> to... <what is, laughs> I don't know. Like, what, what are you going to do, do you reckon? Do you, are you going to try before you buy? Uh, the perfect situation, Glenn, is going to be uh, very this, difficult. <laughs> this, this is not about me, this podcast. <laughs> oh, like it, it is, to I think. <laughs> No, but I, I think you just have to have the discussions at the start. We're yeah. starting well. Yeah. We're both saying out loud that, hey, we're joining our main blow accounts mm. and we're joining our cash hub or we've got a joint cash hub account and we've got little accounts that we carry around in our wallet. I don't know. It's just have a strategy, however small. Yeah, but yeah. I've always been disappointed, like, you know, you know, I've had a lot of loans over the years and, and bought and sold a lot of properties and stuff, but I'm always disappointed. Like, I can tell you right now my loans that I've got, the exact yeah. interest rate, yeah. and I can tell you right now what the three-year, 90-day, and 10-year bond rates are today. Yeah. I'm amazed how many houses I've gone into, and we do a fair few valuations each week, but either one person... Um, or the other person will know what the mortgage rate is on their loan, but the other person doesn't. And I go, why don't you share that information? Why mm. are you putting so much pressure? One person in the house knows about the financial part of it, mm. where both of you are contributing to it. And so everybody makes mistakes, and it's a conversation going, how about, I just saw on TV there's a cheap interest rate. Did you chase that down? Yeah, I'll chase that down, because we're actually paying 4.5%, yeah. and there's a better rate out there. You know what I mean? I'm amazed yeah, but that that's people a don't broader, discuss that. a broader discussion about being active as a team yes. in the household. Yeah, and, yeah, and I think in general, like we, getting personal, but we take the view of one one person leads in a certain area of their life, whether it's finances or uh, whatever it is, but the other follows and understands and, and, and knows well what's informed. going on, mm. so that yeah. in the event that that person can't lead then the other one can step right in. Definitely. But also I think the bigger thing too, and talking about relationships, is that sometimes you will make a decision and and you are the leader and you've made a decision, but all of a sudden you, you, you think you've made the wrong decision, but you mm. mightn't be bold enough to tell your partner that you've stuffed up. Mm. Uh, and all of a sudden that starts to affect you. You start you know freaking mm. out at every opportunity. So they should be aware of the concerns that you've got in a financial sense and go, hey, darling, it's going to be fine. Yeah. I didn't know that you were under that much pressure. I'll, I'll go get a second job or I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll work an extra overtime. Just get through this. I think as well, a lot of separations slash divorces or whatever you want to call it are triggered with financial pressure. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've had a lot of clients, um, both sides of the fence, tell me that they've got a hidden credit card. <laughs> yes. And they say, what do I do? I'm like, tell your partner. Totally. Um, because communication is the problem. However, it's also the solution. So it's, again, this is... It's more about, this episode's probably more about encouraging you that are listening to have those frank conversations with your partner now mm. if, you're, if you've got some fears. And you could be like, hey, baby, I always do this like, <laughs> this is, hey, baby, I love our relationship and I love where we're at, but I want to get a bit more deep in the um, money stuff. <laughs> if, even if her name isn't Frank. Yes. <laughs> I don't get what you're saying. You said you got to have a frank conversation. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, right. yeah. So, yeah. so, I guess, like, yes, it's fun to chat about um, the crazy stories with relationship breakdowns yep. because, but there's people who are going through that crap right now. And I would say try and start well, have communication throughout, 
and you don't have a money problem, you've got a relationship problem, mm. work on that. So but Can I just interrupt yeah. there just slightly? Because I think one thing you don't bring into it in that conversation is the baggage you bring from the previous sure. situation. So say, uh, say you have been in a long-term relationship or married before and the previous person in your life was you know, a bit mystical with money or didn't... Or uh, controlling uh, uh, that's or... That's right. And so, so when you go suspicious. into the next relationship, yeah, the first thing you're going to say to yourself is, mate, don't fall into that trap again. When you start off this one, how about you get it right this time? Yeah. So you might be bringing in a bit of that squirrel and account mentality where you're going to go, well, I'm going to put some money aside because that's what the last person did to me and yeah. I feel very bitter about that. As opposed so you to be, what I learn. Yeah, and, yeah. and also what does your partner bring in as baggage into that relationship too? Have they been successful in their financial arrangement previously? Yeah. Uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's a big influencer. And mm. as well, I think that's why I would encourage anybody who's in a relationship for a couple of years, like, why not go and sit down with a psychologist and just have a chat? Mm. Like, why not? Like, what's the harm? You spend more time freaking planning your holiday <laughs> to Bali mm. for three grand. We can go spend under $200 and have a good chat because it's just, I don't know. I just think if we can do one thing and help maybe some miscommunication, that's awesome. And both sides are guilty. There's two sides to every story. Yeah, I think the the amount of time you're spending with that person going forward in your life is is so great that there needs to be a lot of time and effort mm. spent on it. It's not all going to be roses. Absolutely. And I would say one thing to your point about the baggage, mm. the reason why I think it would be important to chat to a third-party counsellor mm. or whatever you want to call it, and there's a lot of faith-based listeners like go to your pastor. I don't know what it is. Just have a third party who's not conflicted, mm. who's for you. You might be doing something, your partner might be doing something that, that they don't know they are, mm. that is a protective mechanism from another relationship, or they're just operating in that controlling thing from another relationship because mm. they may have... I, I talked to a client once, he had to divorce his wife because she spent $400,000 on the pokies on the Central Coast and redrawed off the mortgage. He didn't know about it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well... You you were asleep at the wheel number one. Yeah. Um, so massive. So yeah. I just think that communication thing. So, but you have to take responsibility as well. And I think that's a lot of people say, "Oh, oh the missus does it all, or the husband does it all, yeah. or that person in the relationship does it." That that shouldn't be the way. You should be able to discuss it because it's it's really hard making financial decisions. Absolutely. And somebody might just be an objective view, and they say somebody might just sit there and not say anything. But you go, actually, I've voiced it, and you know what. I don't think I'm right. Actually, I might change what I'm thinking. Mm. But you do need to voice it and you do need an objective view. Yeah. Even if they don't say anything, at least they're listening to yeah. you and supporting maybe your decision process. Sure, sure. Okay, so let's – we'll assume now that two parts of the conversation, you may have been on rocky grounds, you've gone along, you've salvaged something and you're now all happy. Put that part to bed. Next part, we've gone through that and it is apparent that this relationship – will be ending um it's a doom and gloom uh, episode this one well, isn't it? no, it's, no, gonna have a relationship after this episode <laughs> go home and have a sleep but hey if you do want some relationship advice you know who to ask <laughs> not glenn not me um so let's assume that you know one person has decided to exit yes the relationship let's assume that there might be a couple of kids Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's assume that it isn't so amicable because there are there would be hundreds of people listening who may be in this situation today. Mm. Or know someone. Or yep. know somebody. Mm. Yep. So 
how would you broach that? And we'll assume they own a house. Right. Well, there's, there's some documentation around. I've got this thing in front of me here. It's called a fair share. And this is done by Relationships Australia. Cool. It, it's quite a good document. Sure. Um, but it's a bit black and white. Um, and as soon as you said kids... It actually is. He's printed it, it is in no black and white. There. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cheap ass. <laughs> but, um, but the thing is that there's documentation like that around. But, but it, and it's very black and white in its, its terminology and the way it approaches the situation. As soon as you say kids... Every situation is different, sure. You know, and and it's and I'm not qualified at all yeah. uh, in my capacity as a valuer to even go down that path. But also, as soon as you go, we're pulling the plug. Mm-hmm. It then goes to well, it's actually it's a black and white discussion fueled with emotion. That's right, and, oh, totally. And it's about numbers. Like the first thing that happens in my experience, it, and you hear it all the time, is I don't want anything out of the relationship. I just want to be gone. Three months later, they're saying, I want 50%, yeah. 70%, 20%. And, and it's both sides of the fence too. Yeah. Like, you know, both everybody involved. Sure. Because they do see it as the last opportunity. It's sort of like when somebody dies um, and the, the will's there. And they go, well, they're not here anymore. Um, I might as well have a good grab at this money yeah. because it's my last opportunity to have a go at it. So that's the, the, the same concern is in separation and divorce. Mm. And it's a shame it gets to that point from zero to whatever it works out to be. But that's a time factor, and that's people whispering in each other's ears, oh, yep. you should get more money than that. In your position, you should go for this percentage. And, and, and it really does come okay. down to, to every situation is different. But, but money is the lubricant. Sure. Okay, well, just as a practical example, assume that there's no kids involved mm-hmm. uh, because that's just a whole other bag. Yes. Um, uh, a couple, they're 28, 29 years old. They've got a house. Uh, we'll just make it up around the corner worth... $600,000, there's a $500,000 mortgage on it. They both work earning 80K a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been together for five years and they've decided that the relationship needs to cease. Yes. Um, so pretty equal income. Yes. Um, do they need legal representation? Oh, I'd suggest so. You know, I think like any separation, there needs to be a document. Even if it's amicable? Oh, I'd suggest so. Or yeah. just, okay, so more so... Uh, they can sit down with a solicitor together almost, draw yeah, something up. That, a yeah, instruction. a joint instruction. That's what I was getting so it's at. An amicable, it's an amicable uh, situation. We get it all the time. So we quote a high, uh, we're getting separated, divorce. Can you do a valuation for me? Yeah, sure. Uh, is it a joint instruction or is it a single instruction? Sure. And a joint instruction is both parties agree that the valuation um, that they get um, will be utilised by both parties. Um, and both sets of solicitors. Um, and because you've got title deeds, you've got banks involved and all this sort of stuff, depends on the ownership of the property as well. If it's only in one person's name, you might be able to alleviate some of the cost. But if it's in joint names on the title, well, well somebody needs to go off the title. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and with the court system, on my understanding, it's got to be final. There's no more. You no. can't have an overhang in the situation. Oh, in yeah. five years' time, I'm going to give you another 50 grand. So, okay. So, in this situation, the house is, uh, you've gone out and valued it. Mm-hmm. It's 600, as yes. we said. There's a 500 grand mortgage on it. Mm-hmm. You know, is it better? And it may be a question for John. Is it better just if it is amicable? Let's just sell it, take the profit, and walk, and we'll go to the solicitor, sign off that we both agree and this is final, and we get on with our life. Or do we then go? Well, it would actually be better off. One person actually wants to say thinks yep. they could get a loan for three or for the difference or. Yeah, how does that work? Yeah, so, so basic, a, basically, um, yeah, for no kids involved, it's it's definitely a lot cleaner process, isn't mm. it, emotionally? Um, I, I think 
difference between the loan and the value is is an important part there mm. if, if someone really wants that home themselves and has the serviceability on their own to transfer out um, and have the title on their own then then great but I mean if that's the example 100k in there and by the time you split it and try and buy them out there's going to be that's some right. definite well, costs well, involved with LMI and everything else. So, well, if you take the make it five hundred thousand dollars, sure, and so one fifth of that is a hundred thousand dollars. Just yep. say they've got a hundred thousand dollars equity on, yep. on that. So then, therefore, you're at eighty percent borrowing as mm. a couple. Mm. You know, you, you've got twenty percent equity. Yeah, right. But the problem that I have um, is that if somebody's going to keep the property, then obviously you're going to have a problem trying to get their finance for them because yep. they've gone from twenty percent equity <laughs> as a couple yes. to to ten percent equity yeah. instantly. That's right. Um, Fifty thousand dollars. But the problem I see, and I think that a lot of your listeners would have got to go down this path, is that it can be black and white, but the danger is that the person that keeps the property doesn't have to repay stamp duty on it. Yeah. Right? The person that keeps the property doesn't have to go through uh, buying the buying process again uh, and the, mm. the extra financial costs mm. of, of getting a loan organised and, and the heartache and, and, and the pain of the that. factor. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So, yeah. so when it comes down to the final negotiation, I, I do implore on people to be considerate of that fact that, that don't forget, like if it does go to the open market, on top of that, you're going to have to pay the agent 2 or 3%. Uh, you've got to pay stamp duty to re-enter the marketplace mm. um, because you've already owned a property, so yeah. you can't get first amount of buy. And you might have taken advantage of one of these schemes previously that now is not available to you. No. So you've got to be really, you know, if you're going to go down this path, it's a very serious situation because yeah. it does, might, might throw you not being able to enter the marketplace again for five years because of your yeah. equity situation. If the, if the situation was that there was no debt on the home, you've been together 20 years and there's no debt and and it's a totally different scenario to something with 400 grand of debt on it and, and there's only 100K to split. But I think emotionally they may just want to say, well, Neither of us want to live in this house. It's yes. um, it's got bad uh, bad vibes or history or whatever. So let's just clean cut, take our share, and on we go. Yes. And hopefully they can still remain friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a situation once where the wife. You like that, Scotty? I did like that. Yeah. You happy with that? You're I didn't know where it come from though. It's always yeah. spooky. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, we get it quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, had a situation where I was actually the first person told before the husband. Oh, geez. All oh, right. right. And that's, that was a really interesting conversation. It's like, hang on a minute. <laughs> Pull the truck up <laughs> or, the, or the boat. You've yes. got to go and have a conversation with them. I'm, did they roll over and tell you that or did they? <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. So, yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting time, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. No, and I, I really do think and I, I do hate when people talk, you know, it is black and white with colour involved in it. It is about money. But then I do say, don't be so hard on each other. And especially if there's kids involved as well, you've got to be looking for their future as well. Mm. Like any money that you spend extra on on solicitors or wasting time or double renting, mm. um, you know, because if somebody moves out, they've got to pay rent and the other person's staying there. So obviously yeah. they're incurring Can costs. quickly add up. Yeah. Can't. And before mm. you know it, you're fighting over, you know, coins instead of dollars and, yeah. and if there's peop, other people involved little people involved then that's their future money too yeah. everybody's dependent on that family base to provide for the future yeah uh, and i do i do see shame i've seen instances where people have gone in and try to wreck the house before the valuation so that they can get a lower value because they want to keep it uh and that's just negative on negative My yeah goodness, i, I saw know. a situation only a couple of months ago where 
a guy come and uh, hired a, a bulldozer and took out half the house. Um, so he's half yeah. or her. Well, it, it, it was silly of him because it was half his as well. Yeah, so oh, yeah, man. <laughs> so I, I think it's if it can be amicable, uh, you'll save money on legal fees because you're what you're doing. You're going to the solicitor to execute your instructions yes. effectively, and that's what the whole premise of what I started right that. A uh, little booklet of mine yeah. um, is to that, so that you can walk into the solicitor and say, "Here's my title deeds. You can buy them online. Here, here, here's the Excel sheet with all the inventory of what we actually own together. Yeah. This is what we've divvied up. Yeah. This is the items that are in question. Yeah. Here's the property. Here's the mortgage document. Yeah. Here's the valuation uh, report, and all those numbers are on the table. Yeah. And the solicitor can you then can have them. the house. I'm just keeping the dog. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Expensive dogs these so, days. Yeah. So. so when they order the valuation with you, mm-hmm. uh, what's the difference? between a single instruction a single and a joint instruction. other than the fact that only one person knows about it. Well, actually, before you get onto that, if I may, John, because I'm... Hold the floor. I'm, I'm presenting this as a discussion for our listeners, guys. So if you did decide that you wanted to engage a lawyer and it wasn't amicable, and this is where people can really start to spend money because some lawyers, they will say... Absolutely, I can start, but you've got to put a five grand prepayment yes. into retainer. my trust account as a retainer. Mm. So, I think it'd be easy, could be up to five to ten grand each side of the fence, depending. Because then what they do, it's the lawyer talking to the lawyer and you do not talk to your spouse about mm. the business transaction. Single instruction. And a joint instruction. Joint instruction. Difference. Yeah, so single instruction and getting to the point, the... A lot of the solicitors and a lot of um, people in the marketplace will say, go get real estate agents advice, get three, like three quotes. Um, I, I, I don't mind that to a little bit to, at the really early stage if there's a chance of still getting back together. Um, but the, those documents aren't uh, available to the court system um, and they're not Well, because they're just an opinion. That's mm. right. Where yeah. evaluation is a registered document you know, and, and by registered valuers and they can go all the way through to the court. Also an opinion. Also an opinion, but it's <laughs> but it's a, a validated report yeah. that can be submitted to the court. That's the real estate agent's documents, as far as I'm aware, and I, I can, I can They're be They're a sales document. That's right. <laughs> Very much a sales and, and that's the yeah. concern. And But the thing is, you need facts on the table. Like, you do yeah. need the fact on the table of what your mortgage amount is. Yeah. You do need the fact on the table of what you think. And you can argue the valuation. So so the idea of a single report, a single instructor report, is that if, if Glenn was employing me to do the valuation, he is my client. Mm. I cannot relate any information between him and me about the report to anybody else he's my client right in a joint situation i go do the valuation i give him the number in the report format and he does that yeah with that what he wants okay in so a- glenn's partner sorry to interrupt yes. would go and get a single instruction valuation as well possibly or what i normally find is on lower you know it depends on how much money's involved Sometimes, like, the, and the valuation fees vary between probably about $600 to about $1,100, depends on the veracity of the situation. Mm. And they can blow out to thousands of dollars, depends on how many properties and the style of property. But just say you've got a two bedroom unit, it's a fairly standard property, and it's, there's probably 50 to 100 grand's worth of equity in it. Mm. Then most people that own property really do know the value of their property, mm. you know, and what the value comes through and might sort of just deflate their bubble slightly here and there, but they probably do know that it's only worth that amount of dollars yeah. or conversely might be a bit more or it is exactly what they think. So normally one person will get the report and then will say, I'm happy to offer you $400,000 for the value of the property. Based on that, 
this is the money that I've got available to you. So the, the important thing is, which a lot of people, they do that process before they speak financially, whether they can borrow the money. Yeah. So I've seen instances where people have agreed terms on a figure, the, the valuation was their own valuation, not, not a, a bank valuation or a, 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 a property company like mine, and they've agreed terms with the partner, but then they couldn't get the finance. Yeah, it means nothing. And then the partner freaks out, going, mm. but you promised me 50 grand, and yeah, now you're going right. to offer me 30. And the yeah. bloke goes, well, or the bloke or the girl goes, oh, I, can't, I can't facilitate the money. It's just not available to no. me. So it's really important to put your, your ducks in a row and to, to get things in order. So you've got to work out finance, but it all comes down to black and white pieces of paper of value of properties and value of situations. Um, so, so getting back to the question, a joint instruction is when we get instructed by both parties. The valuation report is then on a time-even basis delivered to both parties. The information is available to both parties and can be questioned by both parties. Hmm. Um, so, so therefore, both parties can say, oh, Scott, I don't quite agree with this figure. How did you come up with this? Hmm. And I go back through it to both parties. And both parties can also give you information before you do the valuation to, to represent their case in regards to what they think it might be worth or, or if there's any faults with the property or if there's any development applications that haven't been approved or occupancy certificates, yeah. all this detail like that. So in, in my experience, most contested valuations are, are not altered. It's, it's the valuer's opinion and assessment and, and it's an official document and here it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your experience, when someone comes back and says, Scott, I don't agree with this, what's your likelihood of, of changing or overturning a, a, an initial valuation? Oh, you know, again, it depends on the property, you know, and, and that's why we quote individually. So, you know, any, any time we quote on any job, is it a waterfront? And, you know, has it got views? Yeah. You know, has it got things that are really hard to value? If it's, if again, if it's a generic property in a generic location, yeah. then they're nice and easy to value to an extent. You know, you might be... Two percent out, five percent out, something like that. But generally, you should be pretty well smack on yeah. because there's a lot of t- sales turnover as well. When you come, when when the the good brokers come back and and say, I contest your valuation, we've got no problem with that. Yeah. The thing is, they've got to give us some information. Yeah. In yeah, our research and in our timeline, um, you know, we get given unbelievably short timelines sometimes for separation and also for normal uh, mortgage valuations, and sometimes that excellent sale happened after the event and you might sort of say oh, i just found out about this bit of information did you utilize this in your approach um, no john i did not can i have a look at it actually i will I'll, I'll consider it no i'm still happy with my figure it actually enforces my figure more so than enforces yours on the way i look at it. but the thing is it's just information based like we're not you know i think the, the shame with the valuation industry is that we're deemed to be 100% right all the time. Mm. That's not the case. You ask any good valuer, they'll say, yeah, look, let me consider that. Yeah, okay, I've considered it and now I'm even more happy with my approach or no, I'll review that yeah. based on this information. Mm. But it's got to be, by law, it's got to be a settled sale. It can't but just be an exchange. If I, if I was in a relationship... Mm-hmm. Um, the big iffy, yep. <laughs> oh, this guy. <laughs> I've warned you. You're a guest here. <laughs> comes here and puts crap on me, John. I don't like it. It's not fair. Not fair. No. Nah. Would I just <laughs> wait to a, a low part of the market cycle? Right. Well, that's it's what I alluded to previous to this uh, conversation. But timing is everything in, yeah. in any time. Like, I think that if, uh, if, you, if you've got the 
if you've got the concerns in your relationship, then you certainly don't want to be emptying out at the height of the market if you want to keep the property. Mm. If you want to get out of the relationship, you know, like, and you're a bit, bit financial and a bit clever that way, or uh, you know, and you've got a squirrel account with 140 grand in that, well, then you obviously that you might want to empty out of the property market at the low end, so mm. that that you do buy the property uh, off your partner uh, at a, at a cheaper price. But that's fairly uh, carnivorous. Is that the right word? I guess, it, or you know, that's cunning, cunning. <laughs> So, so I think that uh, that that is the opportunity available mm. to you. But timing's everything. And and the worst thing I see is that this is a pretty simple process, yeah. and everybody doesn't communicate, which elongates the whole process out. And you might change markets from last year's market to this year's market, and the value might change considerably. Um, you know, so it depends on when you get the valuations done, when the court case is going to be on or the looming court case not many places go to court how well, if it does go to court what's some of the timelines if it's not amicable oh. <laughs> yeah like that's that's probably too hard a question like uh, you know you you'd be suggesting three to six months to, to yeah. a year yeah uh, and and the, the disappointing thing you know is that a little to do with john before it's the it's the the, the mortgage money's still got to be paid, um, but then somebody else has got to go rent somewhere else as well. Yeah. And, and you're doubling up on costs. And if the show's about your show's about money, mm. it is such a shame to see people throwing money out the window mm. in chasing down. Are they chasing down the money at the end of it or are they chasing down a win at yeah, the end of it? Pride or something. Pride and all yeah. the rest of it. And if it's about money, make it about money. But if you lose the money every day, well, then that's just mm. disappointing, you yeah. know? Yeah, and that's it. It's a, again, Anything emotionally fueled, either end of the spectrum, mm. is dangerous. Yeah. Mm. And I would just encourage anyone to try and be methodical, get help, you know, maybe you need a... Can you get like a counsellor who can actually yeah. walk through the divorce? In this in this document here. Yeah, so just repeat that. It's called a fair a share. A fair share, yes. uh, negotiating your property settlement. Yeah, um, I might put the link in the show notes. Yeah, um, and it's... And they do go on. It's, it's a, I've read it, and um, yeah, it's a reasonably good document. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'd support it. it. It gives you the framework, um, but it hasn't got any colour in it at all yeah. in regards to um, the realities of what actually goes on. But but I think getting the timing thing is so important. That if you... You know, if somebody listened to this conversation and then did have a list, an Excel list of their property, a mortgage document, um, uh, and and what they what evaluation on the table, there's not that much more to get. You mm. know, what I mean? in a simple, mm. clean skin. Yeah, and I think a lot of people get confused. They see divorces, you know, on TV with the multi million dollar estates and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. You know, in Australia, you've probably got a couple of cars. Yep. Superannuation. You got super. You got a bit of debt. Yep. Um, yes. You know, you, you, the debt might wipe out all the assets anyway. Totally. So, and if it goes to the court, there's a different, two different scenarios, isn't it? It doesn't. It stays out of the courtroom, or it goes to the courtroom. Now, if it stays out of the courtroom, there's some negotiation there. But yes. if, if it goes into the courtroom, then you're really at the powers of the of the big guy with the um, with the wig. Yeah, we gone. No, that's right, and, and and the cost of that is just yeah. um, you know massive. You know, every mm. barrister, every solicitor is worth a fortune. Yeah. We charge good money to go to court. Mm. We very rarely go, um, but we like to pride ourselves on a, on a report as well that that is informative. Mm. And our institute really does try to push make this make your report readable by the the person that's trying to read it. Yeah. Don't don't just put down square meter rates or whatever it is. Yeah. Make just it so that the person the go, well see that property down the road there, you thought it sold for six hundred, actually only sold for five forty. Mm. So therefore when you thought that your property was worth six hundred, mm. you base that on that property being for sale for six hundred, but it actually wasn't. It sold for five forty. Did yeah. you realise? And they go Oh, that changes things. So, but that—that's the realities of it. I just think you know, 
it just goes back to everything to do with personal finance. Every situation is so flippin' different. Mm. And, you know... Okay, Scott, question. Mm. <laughs> Looking back nine years ago, what would have you done differently, if anything? And did you have much... Is this before divorce or after? Well, during or what? Because we know that, you know, you're a successful property investor in your own right and, hmm. you know, you're probably yeah, well, worth a gazillion dollars and all that crap. I but wish, like, I wish. What, like, would you have done anything different on a relationship front or not? Actually, I'll let that out. On a... Um, <laughs> I'm on the lounge. I think I'm on the lounge. Yeah, You're yeah. the psychologist yeah, now. Yeah. I'm scared. I'm really um, scared. <clears throat> would would have you done everything different on the delivery of the process with yes. your ex partner, or on the financial front, or on the? Like- no, I, I was mine was a bit different because I came to the relationship with assets. Sure. Um, it was a difficult time in the marketplace. Yep. Uh, 2009 probably is noted as probably the bottom of the market yep. on the Central Coast Newcastle area, which you know I, I work in and, and buy property in. Um, so that was an interesting time to to go through this, and business was really hard. Had two young kids, um, so it was a difficult time. But I think the, the one thing that I did learn out of the experience is that being sort of the business sort of person I am to an extent and sometimes it does go into relationship style which is sometimes a mistake but I, I was sort of not proud of the fact but I did accept the situation because I do it every day as well for other people I did accept it fairly quickly and if there was any hope to get the relationship back together uh, for the kids sake or whatever down the track I think that taking a nice sharp knife to the situation and getting stuck into it getting all the facts and figures on the table, dealing with it fairly quickly. I think it took about three months um, to get it all done and dusted pretty well. To, and then and then to, to move facilitate on. the money, yeah. there was a little bit of juggling with that. Um, you know, I think there was like a six-month window I had to, to, to pay out the money. But the positive thing out of it, which I, I implore your listeners to take as well, is that by doing it that way, if there, if there was a chance for the relationship getting back together, at least all that's sorted. Yeah. And, and also, I think that if somebody did that to me, then I'd sort of look at them and go, I thought you weren't that organised. You've, you've really impressed me how organised you are. Yeah. It's and a shame you're doing it right at the end. You know, you know, just stuff the cheese. I'm getting away from the trap to a point like I'm not squabbling over 10 grand mm. uh, nah, for the sake of my either. mental headspace. That's right. And let's be clear, if you've got kids, unless one partner moves away and actually ditches their children, mm. uh, you are in a relationship with that person, whatever that looks like, mm. forevermore. Mm, definitely. Yeah, and I would, you definitely, well, I would say that three to six months of, of tying all that up and moving on with your life is, is a short time frame oh, in, definitely. in comparison to... But it shouldn't be any longer than that. Now, I think also, I think the antagonism, and this comes purely into the relationship part of it, if, you, if it goes on longer and longer, there's no chance in hell you're going to get back together. Yeah. You know, because of the antagonism... Mm. And yeah. it can get every, more bitter Everybody's whispering to you at, yeah. the, at the pub and at school and all this sort of stuff, what you should be doing, and you're going, get out of my life. Don't yeah. I just want to get forward with this thing. And I think sometimes, like in, in most of your business, you know, your podcasts, et cetera, that you do, it's about taking control. And if you do take control of this, you do get um, some confidence personally, even if you might have been bashed up in the relationship, like emotionally, you know, not physically, of course. But, you know, if you're walking out of it a bit sideways, then I think by taking control of the situation, which is doable, it yeah. gives you confidence and I, support. Like we often say, like, you need to take an active role in your life yes. in every area. Like, mm. you've got to just – and say out loud, hey, Bubba, mm. this relationship <laughs> <Bubba>. is <laughs> – this relationship. Is Bubba on the truck or the sailing boat? I'm a bit concerned about Bubba, wherever he, he or she is. Um, <laughs> this is not... We both agree that this relationship is over. Yeah. Let's be active and let's get it 
get done finished quickly. up so we can both yeah. move on yeah, yeah. and so we can both have fruitful lives going forward so we can both be the best parents yeah. um, it's a bit like doing an Ironman triathlon the, the quicker you get it done the less it hurts I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't know John <laughs> is Bubba there with that Ironman thing so I'm just concerned about who Bubba is have you done many um, valuations in Africa no <laughs> <laughs> uh, do I respond to that no. uh, Scott the oldest guest we've had on yeah. yeah. Oh, well, Vince Scully. Well, thank, thanks for oh, that. Scully. Thanks for that, John. Yeah, appreciate yeah. Up there with Vince. 45 is that old. <laughs> I'll just How old are you? 55. <laughs> I'm like, what? Did I miss something? You might. Oh. He's deleted 10 years yeah, from his last show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you just took me back 10 years. Thanks for bringing yeah. that up. Yeah, that was great. That's right. yeah. Let's talk about your relationship, Scott. Yeah, great. That's yeah. my KB4. So, I guess, like, in wrapping that up, <laughs> I don't even know if that was fruitful if we covered ground, but. <laughs> I just want to encourage people to be active, get in control, don't draw out the process, say things out loud, be nice where possible. Um, you know, it is a business transaction. Get on with your life. Life will get better. If you are getting taken advantage of and you know it, go and get some help. Um, you're yeah. not alone. Choose the right, spend and, the time to choose the right person in the first place might avoid well, a lot of but it. But then it goes back to that. Start well, start with good intent. Yeah, nothing's guaranteed, but you like purchasing an investment, you, you'd spend a lot of time mm. researching. I mean, but it's just. <laughs> are, are you talking about me? <laughs> I'm not referring to you at all. Well, I didn't get married till I was, what, 42? Really? 40, 40? So you spent 42 years researching. Researching, a lot of researching. <laughs> so what are you saying? Then, am then, I good? Am I, yeah, did I you overanalyze? I think so. And then I was only married for six years or something, I think. And then, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so there's maybe a, too There's much exceptions to every rule. <laughs> That's right. Well, still and I'm sitting me. opposite one right now. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess, did you want to have any final points to somebody at the start going through or any point along the way yeah like, like, I, and I, we didn't touch on the kid thing because that's just no, I think whole that's, other that's and that's yeah. i'm not yeah we're not going I there i wouldn't like to do that because it's so it's so uh it's so individual and, and you and, could protect your kids from it as well because they were so young yeah that's well. right so. you know and i think that i think it's just got to be it's 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 an easy process and and then numbers on a table you got to get to that point very quickly yeah and you know not you know, not to promote valuation reports, etc. But I do find that the gathering of information that cannot be submitted to the court at the end of the day is fruitless. It is fruitless, and and the time factor that I, I timing is everything in in property. It's all mm. about timing, mm. you know, and a bit of luck. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I've known people to fall out of a property cycle and sell down low, and then buy up high because that's the their, mm. their cycle of life. You need to break that cycle. Mm. The best properties I've ever bought is when I really couldn't afford them and really tried hard because i knew the yeah. bottom of the market was there yeah. and if you do and here's actually here's a bit of gold if you are in this situation and you do own a property together and the relationship has to end don't get trapped in the relationship just because of the stinking property sell the bastard rent somewhere mm. get on with your life mm. there's houses everywhere and for the quality of life that you'll have renting and renting is not forever if you don't want it to be mm. that's okay rent somewhere yep. mm. and get on with your life Get healed, get well, you know, enjoy, surround yourself with good people. Mm. Then get back on freaking Bumble and Tinder and have a swipe. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't. No, do what you want. So, anything you want to add, Johnny? No, I think we've covered everything. Um, Yeah, it's a good conversation that I didn't think was coming. Yeah, so... (laughs) 
Yes. And send your complaints to <laughs> John at... And for relationship advice, don't go to Glenn. <laughs> hey, the advice was worth what you paid for it. <laughs> I'll see you on the lounge in six months. That'll yeah. be interesting. Ben, will be just sitting there. Hey, I know I crap on all the time about getting our foundations in place, but our personal protection plan is something you need to do today. I know many of our listeners have got this set up, but if you're one of them and haven't already, go to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and I'll put you in touch with someone who can guide you through. Generally, there's no cost to have an initial chat. And if you're young, fit and healthy, you need to get this stuff in place today. If you've got a family and you're not covered, hey, what if you freaking died? I'm not messing around. You need to get insured. Do it. Do it now. And anyone that I refer you to will do it the same way that we teach and we talk about here. And that advice provider, wherever you are in Australia, are happy to have a complimentary discussion with you at no cost to see where you're at and see if they can help. So what have you got to lose? Have a chat today. Jump on to sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. I just want to answer a couple of questions before we get the heck out of here. And this one came through Instagram. Um, and if you do send questions, the best place to put your questions is in the Facebook groups. But um, I got it one from Instagram. I'll keep her anonymous because uh, I actually haven't asked if I can share this. Hi there. New podcast listener and really enjoying them. Thanks. I thought I would throw you a question. I'm currently saving for my first home and wanted to get advice on the first homeowner's grant conditions. I'm technically, quote unquote, a first home buyer as such, but as she has inherited one fourth share of a property, meaning that she has her name on the title, does that mean she's not eligible for the first home buyer's grant? I'm looking to buy in Perth, and I know if I buy an established home, oh, I'll just do it. Anyway. She's looking to buy in Perth, so is she eligible for any first home ownership concessions? My short answer would be no if her name is already on a title somewhere in Australia. Yep, yep. And it's funny. I mean, in my dealing, and you may have had the same with um, Office of State Revenue in New South Wales, Mm -hmm. they're pretty good just to pick up the phone to and have Mm. a chat. Like, it's, it blows you away that it's a government agency and there's a person on the line and they're cool to have a chat with. Mm. I mean, yeah. what, like, I don't know. Can you call the Western Australian government and say, hey, look, I want to buy a house. It's mm. a technicality. Yes. Um, I didn't. Yeah. Like, is there any and discretion the, or can I provide? Well, yeah, potentially. The rules are different in each state, yeah. number one. So, you've got to yeah. check out what's in happening in your state. But also, um, the, the devil is in the detail. Like, that... that property for example this person might think that they own a share of it yet it's in the family trust or something where her name is actually not visible anywhere so she potentially can get the the first time as grant so yeah yes yeah, dig a bit deeper yeah that's right it comes down to title let's go back to the original conversation bits of paper on tables mean a lot and mm. that you get a certificate of title you can buy them from the from the um the government website and they're about 15 dollars, and you can get that title and mm. sort the problem out straight away and sorry yeah. to jump back into being a, 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 I don't know, crazy person in a divorce, <laughs> but if I moved in with a chick... Is, that, is it looking at me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're looking at me? Well, oh, sorry, I didn't realise that. Sorry. So, if I, got married with a, if I got married to a chick yeah. and she owned a property, the title was in her name yes. and we broke up, I just throw the keys. See, I'm out of here. She's well, left with a mortgage. <laughs> but that goes way down other parts. A rabbit hole, yeah. But, yeah, yeah um, so, so it, it all goes back to who's on the title and then... Um, 
Yeah, and then time-wise. And time. And, and, and yeah. all that sort of stuff, which is a different, yeah. not my expertise. We actually might do another family law episode with a family lawyer. Yeah. yeah. Um, Reagan asks, what is the best way to delay gratification? How to avoid buying new clothes or going out? <laughs> you're probably like me. You're a spender, Scott. Are you, are you a spender or a saver? No, I'm a shocker. I'm, I'm a, I'm... You've got two bloody cars. Yeah, but like... Uh, <laughs> this bastard drives two BMWs. <laughs> no, but one of, them's, one of them's 13 years old. <laughs> and the, bloke that, the bloke that originally bought it paid 220 grand. I paid 30 for it. Wow. So it's, um, it's a great car. What is it? It's Six. a 650 uh, i BMW convertible. Yeah. But it, V8. Yeah. Did you get a value to purchase it <laughs> but that's how that's all that will work 225 yeah. Yeah. the bloke paid nuts nuts yeah, anyway. so uh, what was the question again what's the best way to the, what's the best way delay. to delay gratification how to avoid buying new clothes or going out how to avoid it yeah don't do it <laughs> <laughs> thanks professor science we're hoping for some freaking help here do you want to have a think and I'll have a bit of a rant? Oh, can I, I've, yeah, got yeah. A, I've got a small yeah. answer for that. So, so uh, I, I say to young people all the time, um, how much do you earn? And yeah. they go, $30 an hour. I go, fantastic. How much do you cost to live each week uh, on an hourly basis? And they go, well, my car, my phone, and some small costs, maybe renting. Well, it works out to be you make $12 possibly net hmm. after, before food. Right. So therefore, when you buy that spoiler for your car or when you buy that new briefcase that you probably don't need or, or, a, or a jacket. Jeez, showing your age, briefcase. <laughs> briefcase, sorry. So, so then, Back in vogue, the briefcase. Yeah, that's right. So, so then divide the cost of that amount, say $400 for a suit jacket, yeah. divided by $12. Are you willing to work for 35 hours to pay for that suit jacket. Yeah. So when you start dividing things by actually your manual job or the, the job you do, it uh, doesn't have to be manual, but the, the net dollar, are you willing to buy that spoiler for the car for $1,500 and work yes. four weeks for it? You know, <laughs> Glenn's and answer if, would be yes. And yeah. if, if the answer is yes, well, go for it. But yeah. the thing is, you've logically slowed down the process of trying not to buy it by analysing how much you are actually worth per hour and dividing that into the material things you buy. Yeah. yeah. But I think this person might have a disease in discretional spending. Like it's a, it's a case of um, shifting the focus to something that's more important or is going to stray them away from spending that money. Mm. They don't want to go and buy the spoiler, but they can't help themselves. Mm. So have I got a three-year goal or a five-year goal or a 12-month goal that I can – put my energy towards and my focus towards that's more um, beneficial for future wealth yeah I, I would totally echo those comments but probably say it again in a more succinct better way <laughs> everybody's standing up now besides me because yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm old we stand so, up yeah. at the end no but you're right John I mean I, I actually did a, an express episode a little while ago uh, and I, I think it's called always have a strategy mm. because if you're always looking to the future and looking forward to something can you look forward to buying that new property more than a $20 freaking breakfast that extra day a week? Can you look forward to buying and saving for that holiday than spending money on a brand new car with debt, with a loan? So I think it's that hmm. she needs to, one, get intentional with what she wants her life to look like and have something to look forward to. Yeah. Two, she needs to set up a spending plan to actually remove herself from her money and have everything automated and systemated. Yep. And then if that doesn't work, she probably needs an accountability partner 
Mm. like a friend of hers or something. And then if that doesn't work, withdrawing $100 a week cash or whatever that is and only carrying cash around, if that doesn't work, uh, you might need some medication. (laughs) Well, but like, I guess I'm going to extreme. Like Mm. it could be, you know, a behavior thing down the other end of the spectrum, uh, a mental health issue. And that's a real thing. Like people Mm. do weird things, right? Yeah. And people have a need for something to fill a void in their life. Absolutely. So, mm. finding out what that is. Yeah. And so. recognising it. I, I think, yeah. like, I, I love Coke and chips, hot chips, <laughs> Cocaine. right? Cocaine. No, no, Coca-Cola. <laughs> you don't mind a nose beer, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Coca-Cola chips, and, it, and as soon as I eat those, I put on weight. And as soon as I don't eat those, it, I lose mm. weight or, or maintain the weight I'm at. Yeah. I know, I recognise that. So, when I eat a chip or a can of Coke... I know what I'm doing. Yeah. But a lot of people don't realise. It's like when, the, remember the years ago, you guys are probably too young, but the banana, when bananas went to $10 a kilo, people are freaking out. But Mars bars are $42 a kilo. Mm. And people go, I can't buy a banana because they're $10. And you go, but mm. you're buying a Mars bar at $42. Yeah. Yeah. You know how you, 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 yeah. you qualify things I, in your own brain? Absolutely. And I think you said probably the easiest way, Scott, if you're shopping and there's a $200 pair of jeans, I don't know, that's how much. I pay. How much of jeans? I've got holes in mine. I'm cool and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. right. If there is, if there's a $200 pair of jeans or a $100 pair of jeans, let's go, $100 pair of jeans and you earn $25 an hour mm. before tax even, mm. I worked half of yesterday mm. for that. Yeah. Do you want to make that trade off? And the other half for the tax man. Yeah, that's exactly. right. And yeah. you see the tax man walking around with a nice pair of jeans. You yeah, know where that's right. On, but yeah. but no, I think it's a really quick way no, for young good. people to relate to. And I'm amazed. I've lived my whole life like that. Like yeah. that mm. that car you spoke about, that's a $30,000 car. Mm. Uh, a mate's got a $240,000 car that we know. Yeah. And he's got eight of my cars in that one car. Yeah. And I look at that and go, I can't see the value of that times yeah, and I, Do you know what I mean? I go, where, where's the mathematics there? Mm. And that relates to me because I'm a bit mathematically that way. Yeah. But yeah. it depends on what you relate to and you've got to recognise what you relate to the best. Yeah. Absolutely. So, no, cool. it's a good question and I hope that encourages everybody. And again, if you want to send any complaints in, send them to John. Yep. Uh, find him on Instagram. He's the architect of complaints. And um, we, Instagram? Yeah. yeah. What's it? Oh, I don't use it. <laughs> Piss off. <laughs> Do you? And once a month, you can find Glenn on the lounge. Yes. <laughs> oh, every six months. Sorry, every six months. Month. Sorry, every six months. I, I'm going to be in a money couch. I basically <laughs> um, pretty much just put my foot in it, and I've got to commit to that now. I've said it when I get married, yeah. don't I? Yeah. yeah. But oh, is, it, is it actually like we spend that <laughs> much go. time? It's going to be interesting. <laughs> What's he going to say next? It's going to be fascinating. I don't know. Yeah. Um, like you spend so much time in your life. Spending money and your time on crap that doesn't matter. Hmm. Why yeah. not take a bit of that time and money and invest it in things that do matter? That's right. Yeah, and very philosophical of you, Glenn. But well, uh, what can I say? I'm a I'm a spring of life. <laughs> as a as a business owner, you work in, on, and ahead of your business, so you should be treating the your life in the same manner. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes hey, I think, hey, darling, uh, we've got Q2 targets to hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's true though, because June that's, yeah, that's right. You've got two kids crying and yeah. they're two years old and you go, this is not going to go. Yeah. So, how did you survive having kids? <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's, it was interesting. Let me tell you. I, what, can I, best yeah. advice I can give anybody, two washing machines and two dryers. The best thing ever. Really? When you've got kids. And what I want to do, I want to get, you know, those washing drying machines? Yeah, in one. In one, put them in the kids' room and they just do their own stuff. 
You know, that's it's. I don't know why people two dishwashers in the house, no cupboards, <laughs> clean, dirty, dirty, clean dishwashers, and then washing dry machines in each of the kids' room and let them sort the stuff out. Wow, and it's a bit. It's a good heat up too during winter. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it, about what's this. it like to be rich. <laughs> yeah, how's your energy feel? Yeah, that's not the, it's not good on the energy thing, but you don't have to do the work. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, Scott, thanks for sharing thanks, your Scott. wisdom today. My and remember, the you, document I'll put in the show notes, and it's uh, a fair share. It just talks about property and consciously uncoupling. Yes, yeah. and black and white. Mm-hmm. See ya. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. If you are after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. In fact, it's a general advice podcast. But if you do want somebody to talk to, jump onto sortyourmoneyout.com and click on get help and I'll be able to put you in touch with an advisor or a mortgage broker who can actually sit down with you or have a Skype or a Zoom meeting and really work out what you need based on your own personal circumstances. This podcast supports the charity A21. They operate in over 12 countries around the world and their goal is to end human trafficking. So please consider supporting A21. Get behind them. They are all about the one, the one woman, the one man, the one child trapped, exploited and unable to see any positive end to their story. So please check out A21 on Instagram or a21.org forward slash au. Get behind them. I certainly do. Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature only and has not been tailored to your personal circumstances. Please seek personal advice prior to acting on this information. Before making a decision to acquire a financial product, you should obtain and read the product disclosure statement relating to that product. Opinions constitute our judgment at the time of issue and are subject to change. Neither the licensee, any of the National Australia Group of Companies, nor their employees or directors give any warranty of accuracy nor accept any responsibility for errors or omissions in this podcast. Glenn James, Urban Ghetto Proprietary Limited, trading as Sort Your Money Out, are authorised representatives of Apogee Financial Planning Limited, AFSL 230689. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.